Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Broadcasting Politics with your host, Cisco Costa. And tonight we have a special guest, Victoria Seaman. She became the first Republican, Latin Republican woman elected to the Nevada legislature in state history. And Victoria is currently running for city council, War Two. She'll be on in a couple of minutes. So we have this whole situation with the Democrats proceeding to go and impeach President Trump. I mean, I don't think they got the memo that Robert Mueller indicated very clearly on that 400-page report. President Trump and his um, administration was not colluding with the Russians and was not obstructing uh, justice. So I, I, I don't understand how they continue to see impeachment as, as a solution. But on the other hand, I'm also looking at the 2020 election. And currently, the Democrats have not done anything positive, but just impeaching, you know, impeach the president, tax returns. So they've been basically spending two years practically obsessed, obsessed with President Trump and they have accomplished nothing. So I can see why they're focusing on impeachment and they want to keep prolonging that to the 2020 election because this way they'll be able to say, well, maybe we can get one of our candidates elected based on this. So it's a long shot. And then plus you have 18 candidates, probably 20. That's going to be, you know, it's going to be fun 2020 watching the Democrat. Daniel Jones! The the Democrat national, uh, Democrat national, uh, uh, I would say, it's going to be hilarious. It's going to be hilarious to, to, to really see that. But, you know, they are not really focused on anyone else but themselves. They're vying for power, and they're seeing themselves as coming into the 2020 elections as, at a disadvantage. Because, first of all, the economy is doing really well. Uh, President Trump is really focusing on, on, on the border. Uh, and and it's, it's basically a lot of what has been done uh, in the, this past two years has been for the benefit of the American people. And as we proceed to the 2020 elections, what do the Democrats have to show for? Nothing. Nothing but all constant lying, you know, committees, uh, uh, subpoenas, you know, harassing uh, Republicans and not doing anything, not accomplishing, but only only impeachment. So it's it's really, really it's going to be really fun. And just get your popcorn popcorn out and, and sit back and enjoy the circus. That's going to be 2020. Because it's not going to be, it's it's just going to be enjoyable. So I look at at 2020 and I'm like, you know, 
Donald Trump is going to get reelected. And, this, and, and, and you know, another aspect that, I, that a lot of people have not looked at, and I think it's going to surprise the Democrats, the Hispanic vote, you know, Donald Trump is almost at 50% now in regards to Hispanic support. That's going to be huge. And it's going to help Republican candidates like Victoria Seaman and others around the country. Because, you know, states like Nevada have a large uh, population of Hispanics. And it's going to really impact. And I think the whole thing with the border is a driving force in Republicans. And I'm making the prediction today. Republicans will win back the, the, the House in 2020. That's going to be that's going to be really a big surprise. And I'm willing to take the chance on the air and say that they will uh, and, and Victoria and everyone that 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 is out there running as a Republican will benefit from this whole impeachment proceeding that the Democrats have been going totally nuts about. Anyway, I want to bring in right now Victoria Seaman. Victoria, welcome to to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the show with you today. Fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself uh, in regards to who you are and, and, and what you've done and, and what you hopefully you're planning to do in regards to your running for city council in War Two in, in, in Vegas. Well, it's, it's, our election is very soon. This, uh, this uh, election is coming up as early voting starting in four weeks. Our municipal races are always off year from the regular elections, which I hope will be changing soon because we have such, um, such a small percentage of people that go out to vote during the municipal because it's off the regular election season. So, I'm running in a seat that actually the city councilman was being recalled and he ended up resigning before the recall. So it, it set it up for a special election, but actually they threw it into the regular general, which means there's no primary, it's winner take all. And this right. seat is really important because it will be the first time in history that three of the seats will be Republican when I win. Um, out of seven seats, we've got six city council and the mayor. The mayor's an independent. Right now we have four Democrats and two Republicans, and we've actually never had more than two Republicans at one time. So we will make history when I win this seat, and I do believe we're going to win it. We've worked harder than anyone. We've been out in the field. We've been talking to folks. In our state, the city council race is nonpartisan, and it's a pretty even district. So really it's going to be about, you know, who they know, what have you done. And I've done a lot of things. When I was elected to the assembly, I actually walked the district three times and learned what I was actually one in a Democrat district. The district I actually won in was a plus 12 Democrat, and nobody thought I was going to win it. And I actually did because I went out and right. talked to folks. Common sense and, you know, found out what the issues were and I actually worked on them when I got to Carson City. So I think we have a really good chance to pick up this seat, and I'm very excited about it. So one of the questions was, is this a, is this a special election? And you just answered 
and I think the second question was, is war two more Republican and de- Democrat? And you just basically answered the question saying that's practically uh, <laughs> even, right? <laughs> okay. Right. Um, and usually an even district is usually a Republican win, what? hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, we have a caller. Um, yes, A12, do you have a question for Victoria? A12? Okay. Uh, hello? Uh, okay. So going on, on on other questions from some of our listeners, it's basically... Uh, they had, um, so what are the issues that you're running and what are your proposed changes that, um, to make Las Vegas better? Well, walking the district, as I have been, one of the biggest issues happens to be crime. We've had a, especially in, in the Ward 2, which is up in Summerlin area, suburban area, and we've seen a big increase in crime over the last few years. And so in walking the district, that is uh, what we're hearing. People are very concerned, you know, because city council really can help with the problem. And so I have put on my website, victoriaseaman.com, a five-part plan, which is to fight for increased police funding, we need more police in the neighborhood. And I guess what one of the things that I wanted to do was work with Metro to be, bring a substation here because we actually don't have one. But they're already planning that. I found out while I was, you know, thinking that uh, I was going to help bring this to fruition. It was already happening. So I'm not the first to have this on, on my agenda. And then focus on crime hotspots. Um, we have the technology today to really hone in and focus on hot spots where crimes are taking place in the community. So I want to work directly with Metro in making sure that we're doing this. And then I, I think we should be proactive. I want to make sure, like when I was an assemblywoman, I brought together Metro and the community to bring town halls together, which I will continue to do, to have those discussions um, and share ideas about how to keep yourself safe. Because believe it or not, you know, police are in this every day. You know, this is what they do. So they can really educate the public on, you know, even the smallest things that can keep you safe. And so it's important to bring the community and police together. And then the other part of the plan would be to strengthen the code enforcement for menacing properties and people running illegal businesses. As I'm walking the district, I'm hearing that people are running construction businesses in their homes, and I've actually witnessed it. And and it's very disturbing for the neighbors. That is a big issue. And then to promote Neighborhood Watch. We have this thing in Nevada, and I don't know if you have it elsewhere, um, the Neighborhood Watch, which Metro comes in, teaches the community how to be Neighborhood Watch people, and it actually deters crime. So I have a pretty good plan that I put on my website for – Reducing crime, or at least um, getting getting you know a handle on it. Right. Well, the, uh, I'm, 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 
I'm pretty I'm pretty familiar with the the area in Summerlin, um, and it's a very upscale area. And you're surprising me because I didn't think um, crime has really. I mean, there's crime everywhere. I'm not I'm not naive about that. But in Summerlin, it's it appeared from what I've seen a very 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 secure area. Well, it is it is a better, you know, it's one of the better areas in Vegas, and I guess that's why it's being targeted for crime. Okay. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing it being a big target lately, and this is the problem. It is a it is a very affluent area. Parts of it, parts of it are not. It's a very diverse area, especially Ward Two. But I can tell you this: it's targeted. Uh, criminal targeting has been targeted over the last few years, um, and so that's what we're seeing. Yeah, I, I, I went to a conference right at the at the Marriott Resort, the, uh, the the very very beautiful resort in Summerlin uh, for for the um, Marriott, and there's a lot of uh, oh, it's beautiful. Uh, the Marriott in Summerlin is absolutely gorgeous. Stunning, stunning, totally stunning. But uh, it's, it's one of the more beautiful ones I've ever seen. Yeah. Now, in regards to um, in regards to getting a uh, a base of followers, uh, how how are you how are you getting the how are you getting your message out there besides being on the air today? Uh, in regards to marketing yourself, uh, I mean, you have an advantage. You, you, you've been, you've been, uh, you've been a, a, a state assembly woman. Um, what, 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 what are you doing to basically get get a, a lot of uh, attention to yourself? Well, first of all, it was part of my assembly, and people remember. People will remember you when you are out there in the community. So, you know, I'm remembered in the area. I go door to door and they remember that. Also, we've been very active for the last few months because as a former assemblywoman is part of the district, we, um, oh, sorry, I felt like we got interrupted or something. Sorry, there must be another thing on your line. Uh, Okay, so um, I... Besides that, there was a recall going for Mr. Soroka, and I was asked to be the nominee if he was, uh, you know, to be the nominee to run if he was recalled. So I have an advantage of, you know, being out in the community and walking doors and, and raising money actually months before he actually resigned. So there's a big advantage there. We have a, a very good team that is in, we're full force out in the field. And, okay. you know, again, when you do a good job when you're in office, people remember that. So you, do you, do you, you, um, you have a lot of independence uh, in, in your area also? We do. We have, you're always going to have a, a big portion of nonpartisans and independents. And I, I feel like I do really well with them. This is a nonpartisan race, by the way, even though, yeah. you know, I am yeah. a registered Republican. 
But, and people, and it is, you know, even though it's a nonpartisan race, people sometimes will look at the party. But I think the biggest concern with city council is, are you going to work for us? And my reputation speaks for itself. I have a lot of crossover support just because a promise made is a promise kept. And right. uh, I do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah, that's a, that, that, that is definitely a, a, a good thing. Um, in regards to, um, you know, we, we, we when I, I, I ran for office and I, I, I knocked on doors uh, constantly, but I also did a lot of, uh, you know, I did quite a few debates. I got 60,000 votes. I lost by, by 15,000 votes. I was running for the assembly. Wow. Um, what, what, what? Are, are you are you doing a lot of debates? Are you are you getting out there um, in in in, in um, editorials? You know, newspapers. You know, writing uh, editor. I mean, writing uh, columns. I mean, writing papers in regards to the issues because being interviewed by the newspapers. Are you doing a lot of that? Sure, sure, um, sure. The Review Journal is doing a video um, taping of us one by one, and so. I'm scheduled to do that in the middle of the month. And then, of course, if there was a debate, I would be happy to be there. But I think because March, end of March was the filing, and the early voting starts May 25th, um, we've had a lot of opportunities to go see the, all the candidates invited. Um, but I don't know that anybody's going to do a debate. I would love to have a debate, but um, I don't see that that's going to happen. I've seen forums, which, you know, in Nevada, they started moving to forums. I think the good old debates are still the best way to to find out what a candidate is all about, rather than a forum where, you know, you can't really, you know, ask questions or, you know, have that debate that needs to, needs to happen so people can understand who the candidates are. That, that that I agree totally with I, the debate helped me a lot. A one two five eight five. You have a question for Victoria. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, uh, Victoria. Can you hear? Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, okay. Actually, you were hitting yeah. on on some uh, questions, which I was taking notes before. Um, but uh, I think a lot of us are concerned about the condition that our country is in and the condition that it's heading into. A lot of us are shy about politics, especially running under a particular party right now. But for, I just recently moved to a new house, to a new neighborhood, and am greatly interested in getting involved in the local politics. And as a female, I think that's very important for our country right now. That was oh, absolutely. In order to get started with that. You... Oh, so what part of town do you live in? I, I live out in a rural area, not actually in town. Okay, so you live in Nevada in a rural area. I'm sorry. No, I live in Indiana. Indiana. Okay. So the best way that I think you can get involved in local politics is during an election is to call the candidate that you believe is the one that you want to support and see if you can volunteer, start with volunteering on their campaign. That's actually how I got involved with politics. I was a businesswoman, and in 2009, I kept hearing, you didn't build that, and I thought, wow, 
if I didn't build this, who did? I'm working 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and <laughs> I'm traveling to a different state every month, and nobody else is. And so that is rhetoric. And I believe that we needed people who had signed the front of a paycheck to be involved in business because there were too many community advocates and not enough people that had the experience of, of creating jobs. And so the first thing I did when I decided to run for office was, um, I mean, decided to get involved in politics because I never wanted to run for office, was I sold my business and I said, it's time for me to go find someone who has the same ideas that I have, pro-business, job creator, and go volunteer for them. And that's exactly how I got involved in politics, and then lo and behold, no good deed goes unturned, and I was recruited to run for office, and here I am today. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. So basically, we we have um, also, in regards to the tax implications for Nevada citizens, with the current governor, I mean, uh, it's, it appears that everything is going up. Uh, pr- prices are going up. Uh, the quality of life, you, you mentioned crime in, in, in different parts of, like, Summerlin and, and different parts of Vegas. Uh, the, 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 the situation with homeless. I, I noticed the last time I was in Vegas uh, last year, uh, I noticed, especially on Las Vegas Boulevard, uh, down, down in, um, near the Stratosphere, Stratosphere, uh, a whole bunch of, uh, I mean, homeless all, all over. Uh, so there is, there is a, a, a lot of issues that the city council, once you get elected, you're going to be dealing with a huge number of issues, uh, especially, especially, I mean, some of, our, some of my listeners who live in, in Nevada, um, their, their taxes, property taxes are going up. So, what do you? Well, ha, ha, all these issues are going to have a big impact on the future of Vegas. Uh, I just heard that MGM is laying off a lot of people. The the casino oh, industry, uh, yes. Ta- yes, casino yes. industry is taking hits. So, one by one, can you go over each of these things that I've brought up? And and, and, and because I know a, lo- a lot of our listeners, especially the ones that have been sending me questions are actually concerned about this? Well, my concern would be the legislature more right now than than the governor. And if he doesn't veto some of these bad bills, then he would be the concern. But as a Nevada citizen, I would be writing my governor and telling him that he needs to veto some of these very bad bills because we have got a runaway legislature right now that is extremely progressive and anti-business and pro-felon and that's going on across the whole u.s you know i think the main and the popular vote the main thing for them is votes it's not the concerns of nevadans so um you know the legislature is in session and it is out of control here in nevada so there is great need to be concerned about what's happening because again i'll reiterate we've had the most anti-business pro-felon, out-of-control legislative session ever. And uh, the the governor's job at this point would be to start vetoing some of those bills, and I'm not sure he will. 
Um, so, you know, people need to be paying attention to what's going on in the legislature. As far as homelessness, it is a problem. And the problem that I see is that we're not dealing with the source. We've got a big addiction problem in Nevada, as across the whole nation, drug addiction. And I've been working with um, Las Vegas Recovery for quite some time in, in you know, advocating with them that, and going up to legislature when I wasn't in the session, you know, about some of the problems that we have and mental health. We have mental health illness. We're not looking at the source of the problem and trying to fix it. We're putting a Band-Aid, Band-Aid on by having more and more shelters. But I think the real issue is we need those resources for mental health. Um, and, and we need to stop incarcerating addiction and, and allow those people to treat. It would be cheaper to treat people with addiction than throw them in, in our jail, which, which is a, perpetuating the problem. And, again, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm far from saying that it's government's fault. It isn't. It's, you know, this personal responsibility I totally believe in. But the right. source, the mental illness is something we have not dealt with in this city or across this nation. Why not? Why, why do you think the mental, aspect, mental Ill, illness has not been dealt with? You know, in I your... can't answer why it hasn't, but when I see that we're just building more shelters and beds, but we're not, in, we should be taking those resources and putting together you know, putting putting um, uh, places where people can get treated for men- mental illness. We're always going to have a homeless problem. It, you know, that's it's been here since the beginning of time, but it's out of control right now. It's it's out of control. Oh, it, it, yeah. But, you know, I can say mm-hmm. that. You know, you're you're. I can't say I can I can guess why a lot of other states like California is having a huge homeless program because it's very expensive and people are taxed to death, you know, and it's very, it's become a very difficult place for people to live. But really, a lot of those folks that you meet on the street are mentally ill. Right, right. They're, they're mentally ill. And, but I think, I think the, 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 the cost of living in Vegas also has increased the number of homeless people because the rents are, they continue to go up. Uh, everything is expensive. It does. It absolutely does. So that I think that's does. that's a huge factor. And like I said, I've been going to Vegas uh, for a long time. And the the last time I was there, I noticed a huge rise. I mean, uh, uh, in homelessness everywhere, totally everywhere. I mean, from like I said, from right on the strip, off the strip. Uh, it, it it definitely it's it's not it's not uh, it's not beneficial for 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 the tourists you know for the tourist industry which Nevada and Vegas relies on. Right, right. I agree, and something has to be done. I mean, we have to start thinking outside the box. We can't just doing the same thing over and over and throwing money at it and expecting different results. It doesn't happen. So it's time to work together. I mean, if we can publicly and privately work together, like look at um, Veterans Village in our city where, you know, Arnold Stock is my hero. I mean, he literally has taken private, you know, 
it's a non-profit, private money, and, and he's worked to put together places where these veterans can rebuild their lives, and it's working. But there, you know, there are things that we can do with at working with the private industry um, without just, you know, continuing to put money towards all these beds. Now I'm hearing that we're building all these spending all this money to put beds. Well, we're not going to solve the problem, and we're going to have to keep building more. So I really think it's time to deal with the source of the problem. Right. Well, the city council, it definitely has a huge challenge and uh, to really step up, step up to the plate because you're starting to see a drop in, you're starting to see a drop in regards to tourism and you're seeing, you know, in casino, the casinos in, in Vegas and also in Laughlin, they depend on a huge number of tourism. Without a doubt. Without yeah, a that's doubt. And uh, I think that we need to look at bringing other industry into Nevada as well. And I think that being on the city council isn't just about solving those problems, but it's about relationships. And, you know, I think this, I, I'm ready to roll up my sleeves. I did it when I was in Carson City. There were three major issues, as I, I think I spoke to you about, water issue, guardianship reform, and over-regulated and overtaxed businesses. And I, I went to work and worked bipartisanly to solve those issues. And it's a whole lot easier to work with um, six people than it is to work with 63. So I, I'm up for the challenge. I've done it. I can continue. I, I love solving problems, and I love getting things done. And that's one of the reasons that I made the decision to run for city council. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the challenge, and I'm ready to do my public service. Also, I think I think another problem that 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 city council is going to really have to deal with is is the whole thing with uh, um, subsidized housing because you have all these you have all these high rise and you know Vegas has become a retirement home for a lot of these um, uh, individuals who from California from other parts of the country that are retiring in Vegas and but there's no subsidized uh, subsidized homes housing you know and you know and also correct me if i'm wrong uh but there is a, a, becoming a large uh, problem with gangs in in, in vegas and especially in, in certain areas no, like I, uh, I i don't know what you mean by there isn't a lot of subsidized housing there certainly is a lot of um subsidized housing in vegas and and um yeah, so so clarify what you mean. If there was, there wouldn't be as much as many homeless people as there are now. Not necessarily. We do, you know, we certainly do have a lot of subsidized Section Eight housing, and okay. this is um, this is some of the problem that we've had in Summerlin because it tends to bring in some crime. Um, you know, because we have, pe- you know, people that are um, not taking care of the homes in different places. But we we definitely have it. And we have it all over. We have it in Summerlin. We have it all over. 
Um, so that really isn't as much the problem. Again, I think you're, t- you're, you know, when you talk about homelessness, and if you go down and you see those folks and you talk to them, you'll see that a lot of it stems from addiction, a lot of it stems from mental right. illness. Sure, there will be a few people that are hard on their luck for a short time and they're out living in their cars and what have you. But those are not usually your long-term homeless people. The long, the people who live and practically die in the street, they have real, real big issues that need to be, I think, need to be dealt with. Okay, I mean, uh, it's definitely um, we see it. We see it from a different perspective, but, but that's okay. You you live there all the time. Uh, has the has the marijuana um, uh, the new legislation that allowed marijuana to be legal, both recreational and medical, has that been a plus or a negative for Nevada and Vegas? I, I, well, I've seen it be a negative in some states. I have not seen it become a negative yet in Nevada, but I think it's we're still early on. Um, I think uh, what we're seeing is this, by the way, was not done through the legislature. It was passed on and it was on the ballot. So this was voted on in the 2017, I thought it was in 2016 election, and then right. went on to. Uh, for, it was medically done, I believe, in 2013, and in 2016, it was recreational marijuana. So, um, no, I, I really haven't seen, I couldn't give you data on that. It was really too early. So you think it's too early? Because I've, I've read reports on the situation in Colorado. In Colorado, yes, it's, it's generated it's generated a, a, a lot of income, but it's also brought a lot more crime to the state of Colorado. That's I did read about that. I did see those that data, but I don't think we've really seen that here as of yet. So you're 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 saying that it's still early in the game for. Uh, I think it's early. Yeah. Um, so something exciting, I think it's the, um, the, the Oakland Raiders, um, moving to Vegas. Um, I, I believe they're, they're building the stadium right on Las Vegas Boulevard from what I've been told. Yeah, uh, I think very, I, I saw, yeah. And I think I got a chance to see where they're, they're, they were proposing it. So, uh, what do you think is the pros and cons of the Raiders uh, coming to Vegas and possibly, possibly in a couple of years having the Super Bowl in Vegas? Well, it's here. So I always, I'm optimistic. I, I'm hoping that it's going to bring in more tourism, revenue, and uh, it's going to be something good for our city. Um, no, it's here. It's being built. It's beautiful, and so now all I can say is I'm hoping for the best. 
Right, right. So, I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna bring more people to a city that, in my opinion, is overcrowded already. Right, the tourism is down, so we really, you know, if this is gonna increase our tourism, this might be a very good thing. So, why do you th- what, good good thing that you just brought up? Why do you think tourism is down? In Vegas, what, what do you think are the implications of why tourism is down? I, I'm going to say that it might have a little bit to do with October 1. Um, it may have a little bit to do with, you know, things have gotten very expensive, the parking, the resort fees. Um, it could be a, a multitude of reasons. Uh you know, I just started reading and dwelling into that. I'd like to know more. But I, I do think um, we started seeing that decline after October 1. But, you know, you know that, that's a very tragic thing that happened here, but it really could have happened anywhere. Right, right. Yeah. Mandela Bay, Mandela Bay was, was basically a... Uh, a situation that could could have happened anywhere. I mean, I stayed at that hotel, and um, it's definitely. Um, I mean, I love I, I love Vegas. I mean, it's it's a great city, and I, I and I one of the things that I've learned about you know Vegas uh, over the years is you know there's more to Vegas and Nevada than just basically the Strip. You know, I, I got a chance to go to Laughlin, Nevada, and it's. It was. I enjoyed my time over there. It was fantastic. Um, well, so I can tell you this. I mean, there's never going to be a place like Las Vegas. I mean, this is truly um, the tourist spot of the U.S. for people. I mean, tourism may be down, but there's never going to be anything like Las Vegas. Like you said, you can drive an hour and go skiing, and you're in the right. desert, and you can drive. Right you know, four, 40 minutes out and be in Red Rock, which is one of the most beautiful hiking places in the world. And like yes. you said, we have the best restaurants here. You know, gaming isn't the only thing. It's a beautiful city. We have beautiful restaurants. We have museums. I mean, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. It's probably, to me, it's the most exciting city in the world to live in because you can be out in Summerlin. And you don't even know you have gaming around you. But if you feel like going to one of the best shows in the world, you can drive 20 minutes and go see anyone you want because everybody performs in Vegas. Yeah, I'll I tell you, I went to have dinner at the cellar right on, on uh, Fremont. And it, it, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard to, it was hard to, to you know, to just get around because, the traffic is just, it's, you know, that's another, I think that's another thing that, that they need to, the city council has to focus on, too, because the traffic in Vegas uh, is horrendous, just like any big city. Listen, I'm from Los Angeles. I don't see traffic here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, see it. I just don't you know, see it. I just know that it's going to grow and we're going to have to deal with it. But, you know, we're so, I'm so grateful. This city has been, you know, as fast as people move in, they, they build these freeways. I mean, we just went with an overhaul on 95 and, you know, um, the overpasses. And 
So as fast as we build this city, as fast as we build our roadways. So I think that, you know, we've done a good job so far. And I, being from L.A., I really have not experienced what you would call traffic. <laughs> traffic. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm from, I, I, you know, I'm from New York, so it's, it's just, I, I, I can tell when, when, when there's, uh, when there's a lot of traffic and, and, you know, Vegas is a lot smaller than New York City, of course, so it's definitely, it's, uh, you know, I personally, over the years that I've visited Vegas, I noticed the last couple of visits that it was a lot more challenging to get around. Sure, so. when you're right in the spot of downtown, you know, but it's nice going from, you know, the strip or downtown to the suburbs. We don't really see that kind of traffic. And, you know, Vegas is a wonderful city, and it's beautiful. And if, we, if we're going to grow, every city grows, I just hope that we are able to keep up with everything as we grow. And that would be part of my job as a city councilwoman, is to make sure that when we do build, that we smart build and that we build um, in a way that works for us as a community. Right, right. And now, one of the things that I I wanted to touch on was when you um, you were the vice chair and major whip for the Commerce and Labor Committee, this whole thing with the cosmetology board. Uh, can you can you go over um, how that benefited and how important was that um, that bill? Oh, some of the, some of the uh, some of the bills. Some, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go some go of ahead. the bills that besides that bill, which other bills were you able to pass and 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 that benefited homeowners and and uh, the community. Well, I think in my short tenure in the assembly, I accomplished a lot. Um, This was the year that we passed, not me, but the legislature passed the largest tax hike in Nevada history. 80% of Nevadans had voted it down on a ballot measure called the margins tax. And then later the governor brought forth in the budget and he just changed the name to commerce tax, which was a gross receipt tax on businesses. And as a businesswoman, I knew that was bad news. So, you know, walking the district and hearing people and discussing with them how bad this margins tax would be, I, you know, in it being shoved into our session, I kept my promise and I voted against it. And I was only one of 13 that stood with the people. So this is probably one of my biggest accomplishments. Even though it passed, I was able to keep my promise, promises made, promises kept. So in saying that, you know, it was very, a lot of my bills were killed because I didn't go along to get along. But I was able to work bipartisanly and get some really good legislation passed that was important to my community, my district. One was the squatter. We had the biggest squatter problem. Uh, in 2009 to probably 2014-15 when I was in session because it was a civil issue. Now, we had such an economic downturn as the rest of the country with real estate that Nevada was hit harder. And what right. would happen is people would just move into these homes and you couldn't get them out. And our laws were so um, 
antiquated that if you were to go on vacation and somebody moved into your house and they could show the police that they typed up a fake lease and it could look as fake as needed, as, you know, fake as, as you knew it was fake, it didn't matter. It was a civil issue and Metro couldn't deal with it. So the, one of the most important things for me, for in my community, in my district, was to make sure that people didn't lose their property. And so we immediately made it a criminal. It was criminal, not civil, to squat. So that was one of the things I got past. The second most important issue is another very, um, a law that criminals took advantage of. We had private guardians that were taking over people's lives. If they said that they were incompetent, they could take over their bank accounts, these private guardians, they had the authority of the courts, and they could take people's money and they could put them in um, a facility and medicate them. When I heard this was going on, I can tell you this, I didn't believe it. But when I did my hmm. research, it was happening. There's a movie out now called The Guardian that's been circulated across the U.S. and it's been a major problem throughout the U.S. And your own children or relatives out of state of Nevada could not be your guardian if you needed one. So again, I worked bipartisanly and made sure that we brought awareness and we changed those laws. And the woman who was responsible for most of those, um, most of those bad, um, who, who were taking advantage of seniors is, is now in life for, is in prison for life. Her name was April Park. And the mm -hmm. attorney general ended up finally charging her. So when I say that I went to work on important issues, it, they were some really, really important issues in Nevada. And the third thing about the business you were talking about, which I'll touch on, is this is how crazy government can be. Uh, there was a, a couple who opened a business, 2,000 square feet, and were teaching special effects makeup. And you go to the movies and you see these movies with, you know, special effects. This is what they did. Nothing to do with cosmetology. But makeup in the state of Nevada was under the supervision and board of the cosmetology board. So one of the laws in Nevada said, if you teach, are teaching makeup, you have to teach everything. You have to teach hair. You have to teach skin. So this couple went and registered with the uh, post-secondary education, their school, to teach makeup. The cosmetology board came in and said, I don't care what you're doing. You, we're suing you. You have to teach everything. You don't have, uh, you know, the teaching to teach, you know, hair or whatever. And they explained, we're teaching special effects makeup. So they were being shut down and closed. So someone came to me, what are these um, groups that will represent people, um, you know, pro bono, came to me and said, you're in the day club business. Will you help us? I said, absolutely. It's an easy fix. We just exempt makeup from the cosmetology board if they're not practicing in a cosmetological establishment. When I say easy fix, you have to go through 63 legislators and two houses, and it is not easy. But I worked bipartisanly and worked as hard as I could. That business that was 2,000 square feet that was being shut down is now thriving at 11,000 square feet, and wow. they are teaching kids their dreams and it is probably the bill that I'm most proud of because I see people graduating every day pursuing their dreams 
and this couple that worked so hard to do this school is now thriving. And that's the kind of stuff that I like to do. I like to better people's lives and get government out of the way of unnecessary regulations. Right, right. No, I, 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 I totally, that's, that's remarkable, Victoria. Uh, one of the last things that I want to cover is basically the, this whole situation. I, I don't know if you're familiar with, but, um, and I was reading about it yesterday because I was going over the topics, besides the topics that I gave you, other, other issues that are plaguing uh, Nevada and Vegas the whole thing with human trafficking. And this is what one of the things that was said uh, in regards to Nevada. Nevada has, it's very pervasive in regards to, in recent years, Las Vegas residents need to have a basic understanding of sex trafficking. It's an increasing problem. The Nevada Attorney General and Human Sex Trafficking. And it's just basically, it, it just, it's just, exploding all over Vegas involving minors. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you have uh, have talked about in your campaign? Uh, that something that the city council needs no. to... No? This is something we all need to address. Not just city council, not just the state legislature, but every every single person needs to address this and we all need to collectively come together and and educate and understand that this is happening to our to family members to our neighbors and it's a worldwide problem now what can i do well first of all i've always worked together with you know my colleagues whether i was in the legislature and i was working with my municipal colleagues i will do the same as a city councilwoman. First of all, I will work together. I've, I've been somewhat a little bit involved with the home, um, homeless youth. We are very fortunate to have some very good organizations here that help with, you know, some not-for-profits but help with homeless youth. Now, the biggest problem is when these kids leave home for whatever problem, drugs, whatever, what do they do? You know, they right. end up you know, these people will entice them to come on the streets, and that's sex trafficking. And so this is something that we, yes, it's, it's a big issue here. It's a big issue everywhere. And we need to work together and find, you know, work together with these, with these different groups and find out ways that we can help to get these kids off the streets. Because my concern with the sex trafficking is I'm, I'm concerned completely concerned, but our kids, you know, and, and I'm hearing kids are getting kidnapped right off the street. So it's not yep. just homeless kids. It's, you know, just kids going to the, you know, the mall. So this right. is a big problem. This is something I would work very closely with, with Metro and finding out what we can do as a city council to work with them to um, combat Sex trafficking. It's huge. I've been involved with it for quite a while. Yeah, Victoria, we have a caller. We have a caller. Triple One, do you have a uh, question for Victoria? Yeah. What have you done to fight corruption in um, in Vegas? 
Oh, there's quite a bit that we can do to fight corruption. First well, of all, what, did, um, what have you done? What have I done? Yeah. Well, I've asked, I've, first of all, you know, when I hear about corruption, I bring it to the right resources. And lately, we have had other people do that as well because what we've seen in, this la- in Nevada in this last year with um, Ricky Barlow on the council, um, we just had uh, Kelvin Atkinson resign, and these are really important things. Um, what we need to do is strengthen, I believe, and what we can do is strengthen the penalties for corruption. Uh, you talk about All right, you've only got a few minutes okay. left on your show, so let me ask again. What have you done okay. personally to weed out and to fight corruption? Have you exposed any corrupt council members or um, city members or even state congressmen um, in Nevada? When I have been aware of them, I have brought them to the right resources, if that makes sense. So how many instances have you been made aware of? Um, That's, uh, again, whenever, I'm just going to say this to you because uh, when I have been aware of corruption, I have brought it to the right resources. Okay. That's not answering the question. Because if if somebody doesn't bring to you... If somebody doesn't bring to you an instance of corruption, what I'm interested in are um, representatives that actually ferret out corruption because corruption is the cancer at all levels mm-hmm. of government. So people, right. you know, if, if all I, you representatives yes. can pass laws and all of you can uh, make good speeches, but if corruption is in the structure and if we're not aware of it, we as taxpayers, and if the council people representatives, congressmen, etc., are not getting rid of the corrupt congressmen and council members, then everything is going nowhere. Our taxes keep getting higher. We still keep getting stupid laws passed, and we still keep fighting wars, and we still keep um, electing um, corrupt politicians. So that's why I'm asking, what have you done personally? Okay, yes. I have everything I've been aware of, I've brought to the right Portion. All right, so and in other words, you haven't, you, you haven't been proactive in looking at oh, sure, and trying sure. to ferret yeah, it out. It's not like people are corrupt around me because I, you know, they probably would figure that I'd bring it to the right resources. You know, if I see any type of corruption and if I've seen it in the past, I've brought it to resources. Well, let me correct you on something. Absolutely. If you want to say that you don't see corruption around you. <laughs> the fact no, is that when you that. have a body of politicians together... You are going to have a significant no, sir, sir. percentage of them. When I was in, when I was in okay. When, let me yeah, let me okay. let me inter, in, let me let me interject for a minute. Let me interject. Uh, caller, are you are you do you live in Nevada in Vegas? No. Okay, okay, just just one. Okay, go ahead. Okay, but let me answer his question. As a, when I was in Carson City, I see. Whatever I see that I think is unethical or illegal, I'll report that, and I have. But it's not like if you're not involved in the corruption, it's not like they're going to bring it to your attention. Does that make sense? To a certain degree. But if you're 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 a member of the city council, right? No, I'm not. I'm running for city council. She's running for 
Yeah. Have you been in um, in uh, office before? Yes, I spent two years in Carson City as an assemblywoman. Okay. When you were there, um, the fact is that when you're trying to pass laws and you have to be in committees and you have to interact with other people, and you know that the laws right. that you're trying to pass just don't make sense, have you ever had a whiff of corruption from amongst your fellow assemblymen? I didn't personally see the corruption. I saw a lot of unethical people, and I spoke out about it. I spoke out about people who were going along to get along, but I didn't see any corruption when I was there. All right, so you saw unethical people, um, and what did you do and about these? Right. What did you do about it? I that? spoke out about it. I, you know, spoke out about it. I was constantly speaking out against people who were uh, not point, doing the right thing. Did you point fingers at people that you thought were unethical or um, didn't quite um, pass muster? Of course. I wrote blogs about different things. I thought it was completely, um, you know, all these, when people run on a promise and they break it and they are just pushing through legislation because they want a better their place in politics. Oh, I called it out all the time. I mm. called it out when I ran for office after I was in the session. I mean, there are just things that I'm not going to idly stand by and watch. But at the same token, if I see something that is illegal, I'll report it to the right sources. I'm, I'm going to well, make yeah, sure. Well, yeah, a lot of people do that. Some people want to just walk on by and mind their own business, but that's not, you know. The responsibility of somebody in office is greater than the responsibility yeah. of the ordinary citizen. I, I have I have a right. uh, question, Victoria. I have a question for you in regards to the caller. What he's saying about corruption. Did did anyone during your time there get indicted and convicted for corruption in the Nevada no. legislature? No, 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 no. That okay. happened recently. Ricky Barlow was, I think, two years ago in the city council. And uh, recently, Kelvin Atkinson was in this session. When I was there, no, there was no one that was brought up in any charges. And, sub and subsequently, since, uh, you know, none of the people except Kelvin Atkinson was a city senator when I was there. And, um, but I had no, you know, no proof of what he was doing. I mean, usually when these people are... Are, are doing things that are corrupt, they aren't going to um, openly tell other people about it, especially when you're different parties. That's very okay. true. Most of the time when corruption comes to the forefront, it's because of a whistleblower, because the, uh, the person made a mistake. But if we have honest, I, what I want is, is a constant reformer. I want somebody who's going to be, I'm not from Nevada, but in every state and every city, there should always be people um, who are going to ferret out the the, uh, the corrupt ones to make sure that when the laws get passed, they're not being passed to serve um, private interests, but they serve, but they're passed to serve me. All right. I, 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 right. I'm sorry, and but I, I got to cut off. I got, okay. I got to cut to. Uh, we we got 40 seconds now. Well, thank you, caller. Fantastic. Good. Good. Good inter interchange uh, exchange between you and, and, and Victoria. Victoria, thank you again for coming on. Wish you the best of luck. Uh, we'll, pr we'll promote your, your, your campaign on our show. So 
Um, thank you thank again you for so taking much. time. I appreciate your time. I, I I I know I know that that uh, some of the callers and some of the questions you know um, were interesting and um, good luck and and um, love Vegas and love Nevada and and the best for you and hopefully when you um, get elected come back okay thank you so much bye 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 all right we'll see each other next week with another interesting guest on broadcast and politics.